Hello, everyone. Hello to the Love Society listeners. Uh, this is a podcast for people who are on the journey of self-discovery and wellness with a dash of foolishness sprinkled on top. This is a safe place to learn, laugh, and discover your own individual path. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's another week. Another week. This is Inkiru, the love guru. And this is Tony Gillen, LPC, licensed professional counselor extraordinaire. Yes, come on, on with it. I'm owning it. That, come on with that confidence. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Yes, growth. Yes, yes, yes. Just one week. Just one week, man. Just listen, what a little bit of work would mm-hmm. do. Yes. yes. I hope you guys have had a fabulous week. Uh, I hope you guys have done some things to handle some stress and um, just really are ready to start this new week off this new self-care Sunday with some fabulous new counseling tactics Mm, yes absolutely so I'm gonna start it off this time because you always ask me first Mm. I want to know how are you doing today Tony oh hmm how am I doing today yeah today is a great day um I had to do some work so Sunday is like my favorite day of the week. And so I like to relax and just hang out, veg out on Sundays. But today uh, I did some work on my car, mm-hmm. changed the oil, yes, rotated the tires. Come on now. Which is funny because my whole life, or at least since I've been driving, I've always went paid to get those things done. Mm-hmm. Never knew how easy they were until about a year ago. Man. When I was like, you know what, let me just see what it looks like on YouTube. And... Um, and when I did it, I was like, wow, this was so simple. I could have saved hundreds and thousands of dollars over my life doing this myself. So yes, that's what today was, was working on my car and I did a little grocery shopping. Well, I didn't really do grocery shopping. I just bought the oil chain supplies and then I stumbled upon a delectable treat titled the pecan chocolate pie, uh. which I can't wait to cut in. When you leave, because I know you're allergic. Yeah, I'm allergic to tree nuts, guys. So <laughs> I can't, I can't share in your sentiments, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's beautiful and delicious oh, yeah, I'm, for you. I'm but I wouldn't know nothing about that. It's funny story, actually, mm. about how one of the my two earliest memories of realizing that I could not eat tree nuts. First one okay. was when I was a kid. I had to be like, like six or seven years old, and I wanted to eat some Rocky Road ice cream because oh, yeah. everybody, you know, back, back in the day, that was, that was it. You know what I mean? Like everybody was talking about Rocky Road, Rocky Road ice cream. And I ate, <laughs> I ate the ice cream and I told my mama, I said, mama, this ice cream tastes like grass. She was like, what? <laughs> Why you sound like you from the color purple? That's what I, that's exactly what I said though. I'm not kidding. I was like, this ice cream tastes like grass. She was like, what? It tastes like grass itch. She was like, "Oh Lord, okay." Some tech, she was, that's oh. that's how he found out that I was oh, allergic yeah. to um to tree nuts. Well, she didn't know what it was because you know Rocky Rose got a lot of stuff in it. You know what yeah. I mean? So we had to go to the hospital and everything and figure it out. And that's when it came about about the tree nuts. Now the second thing. I deserve everything that I got on this one. Okay, so my mama used to get these um, white macadamia nut cookies, and there was like her favorite, you know, like white chocolate chip yeah, macadamia yeah. nut cookies. These were like her favorite. She used to get those, and she used to get the Sandy's 
pecan shortbread. Oh, yeah. She used to I love those that. cookies, and she used to take them and put them in her room and hide them in her room. And me as a kid, I was like, dang, mama being fake. Like, why you gotta hide the cookies? You know <laughs> what I mean? You hiding all the snacks? I don't right. understand. That's 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 bogus, man. Mm -hmm. I should give me some of them cookies. Yep. But she's hiding them because obviously she has a child with an allergy. You can't, this can't be out. Just, right. you know, just me as a kid, nearly. I just feel like, Mission Impossible. Time uh -huh. to go get some cookies. So I Thank went in there one day. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. yeah. I went in there one day to go get me some uh, cookies. Uh, I went in there to steal some cookies. And um, <laughs> throw it and it. She was like. Yeah, throw there the eye emoji. She hit, <laughs> she, she hit me with the black mama. You know, the black mama's pedigree. That's uh, what you get. That's what you get. Now come on now. <laughs> throw clothes up and everything. Right. That's what you get. Now come on now. Now she mad. She got stop all that weeding in the back seat. <laughs> 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 no, mama's only playing when you be doing something that you know you weren't supposed to have. You no, know I wasn't doing. supposed to be doing it, so I can't even be. You know, that's why. Just stay out there dressing. Look at you, broke arm and everything. <laughs> just broke. Get, get, get your ass in the hospital. <laughs> oh man. Good times. Oh man, for real. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. I'm glad you got a treat to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned my lesson young. Don't mm -hmm. be trying to eat stuff you know you can't have. So right. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. So how how are you doing? I am doing a lot better. You know, I had to. Um, I'm very happy about the podcast that we had, even though we didn't get to put it out on time. But we we stuck to our guns and uh -huh. we did what we said we were going to do anyway and um now just apple and spotify now man look at look at look at god mm -hmm. look at him you know what I mean? make it away mm -hmm. out of no way yes he will <laughs> won't he do it <laughs> yes he will <laughs> <laughs> it is sunday it's for real because so i was just i was just really like just um in the production, like putting everything together and putting the podcast out, um, and listening to it and everything, just really listening to the things that we said and, mm -hmm. you know, handling stress and stuff like that. It really helped me because I found myself getting really depressed, mm -hmm. Brad. Last week I found myself getting really depressed. I'm like, man, this is a lot. Like it's a lot for me to deal with, like losing somebody that, yeah. um, Losing someone, um, losing equipment, losing time, hours, losing uh, my cabinets off the wall. Just a lot of losing, you know what I mean? And just listening to the episode about resilience, it really helped me a lot. So I want to thank you for all the advice that you gave mm. and for the space that we had because I woke up with a different uh mindset this week you know what i mean yeah. and you know sundays are always great because it's the start of a new week so it's you know gives you a new opportunity to set the tone for what you're planning on doing mm -hmm. so i'm feeling optimistic and i'm feeling a lot better than i did last week that's great i'm, I'm glad to hear that yay you know, and like we kind of talked about <laughs> last week you know, grief is not it's not linear, and so there's going to be moments where you'll take a step back, and that's okay. Yeah, we just go back to our to our guns and the strategies that we've used to overcome. Absolutely. You know, and then add on new ones. Yes, and we keep building. Yeah, we keep building until we have a castle. There we go. Yeah. Is that the song. No. I oh, just, you just made I that just, up. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to re- recap about last week, um, let's talk about the journal affirmation. I mean, the, uh, uh, the affirmation. The affirmation. Okay. Yeah. So um, the affirmations of last week was: I have the ability to overcome any obstacles. I always take time to properly properly decompress when I feel stressed or overwhelmed, and no one's words, thoughts, or actions will impact part impair me from completing my goals so um listening to those again how how uh did you apply those between then and now so the one it's always one that really sticks, sticks to out me. yeah you know, it just sticks to your ribs like oatmeal but that's good that's why i give that's why i give multiples because yeah. it's not gonna be all you know there's a variety of different people listening mm-hmm. and you know you take what resonates with you right and you allow that to to deal with you to to marinate with you and even like if you come back and listen to the episode at another time it may be a different one that resonates you with that at that time so i think that that's on brand that there's yeah. one in particular yeah i like to look at all three of them and just kind of it's always a feeling that's attached to it so when i'm reading it's like mm, i didn't feel anything there but then this one I felt something and so I wrote it down. It was the one where you said, you know, I always take time to properly decompress when I feel stressed or overloaded. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is a a tough one mm-hmm. because I am a type of person that I get I get bogged down into my routine. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, work, work, all right, kids, work, whatever else I gotta do. And then check, check, it's like check, check. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, it's like, okay, now it's time to get dinner ready. All right, now it's time to, you know, kick kids' baths. All mm-hmm. right. Bedtime. And then it's like, okay, stop. And then normally it's stop and then go, Sleep. go to bed. Yeah. And so then it's waking up and it's the same thing over and over again. And so it's sometimes it can be very hard to stop and take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be intentional about it. And so one thing that I've done, um, I have a journal, not journal, um, a calendar, hmm. like a planner. Okay, which I've never really used a planner. Yeah. So um, is it like a like is it like a time planner like where it has slots of the different times of the day? So or? no, it's more like a calendar. Okay. But what I'm going to do is, or uh, what I've kind of started doing was planning out my week. Yeah. And so right now it'd be like I, I can't remember what I plan, but you know, Wednesday is Wednesday between five and eight. It's relaxed. Tony time. Yeah. It's just like sit down. Do I nothing, love that. Or, all right. Then Thursday between time A and time B. Okay. Work on business stuff. Yes. And then, so I'm going to try that out and see how that works. Cause I'm more of a go with the flow person. I do that all the time. Really? I do that because I had you, I started doing that for the same reason you're starting to do it right now. Cause I am a very workaholic. I, I, I am a lifeaholic. I'm I'm just a I'm just a person. I'm like a train. Go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go, go. And a lot of times there I have a thousand things going at one mm-hmm. time, so it gets difficult. So that is actually really awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. But you know, that affirmation really stuck with me. So, you know, I try to repeat that to myself. When I have a when I remember it, because yeah, um, but yeah, I would say that that one stuck with me. What about you? Okay, which one stuck with me the most? I would say, um, well, you know me, I try to focus on all of them, but um, that I have the ability to overcome any obstacle. Ooh. 
listen, because I was just in a gauntlet of obstacles just this last week. So, you know, I had to come continually drill that into my subconscious that I can overcome this. Yeah. It doesn't matter how bad this situation may seem or how bad I'm telling myself that this situation is. It can be overcome. You know what I mean? So that was very, very important to me. And then I paired that with the last one. No one's words, thoughts, or actions will impair me from completing my goals. Mm. And here's the thing. Here's a kicker about that. That no one in that situation was me. So, yeah. So th this past week, I thought about that, you know, because, you know, when you're thinking no one is going to stop me from being awesome. I realized in the situation I was stopping me by huh. dwelling on what was going on instead of accepting, embracing it. embracing it and moving forward. And me dwelling on it and just holding on to it was keeping me in a stagnant situation which wasn't being helpful to what i needed to be needed to accomplish mm -hmm. so i decided okay i'm not gonna let me my thoughts my actions my anything stop me from completing the things that i set out that i wanted to complete for myself mm -hmm. so i paired that with the first affirmation and i feel like that's how i ended up waking up with a better mindset this morning you know that brings up like a question about you know, when we're dealing with life obstacles, mm -hmm. like what's the appropriate amount of time to dedicate to addressing the obstacle? Or or is it a thing where when you have an obstacle, you're just supposed to jump over it and keep going? I feel like that's different for each person okay. because I feel like sometimes we can do that and it's just like we're not probably dealing with it. You know what I mean? Like we can we can um, say, well, that's long enough. It's been it's been 40 minutes. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. And that's not really properly dealing with the situation. But I feel like some things are necessary. Some the speed is quicker is necessary for others, uh, for some than it is for others. What I mean by that is this: for me, I think it was necessary for me to just get over it type situation because I'm a dweller. I'm a person that will sit and analyze and think and overthink and you know go back and forth in my head about what could have been done differently mm -hmm. and blah, blah 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 and that to me is more detrimental than it is helpful so for me it's easier for me to move forward and as I start to heal then I can start to to deal with the situation a lot better than um <clears throat> dwelling in it sort of say now there are certain situations where I will I feel the need to sit in a little longer than others but things like this I feel like I need to push forward in order to really um, jump start the healing process for me yeah that's, that's always interesting because you know I always think about you know when I have obstacles in my life like I like to stop for a second to address them mm -hmm. um, and I think that it, it is a fine line between obsessing over an issue and mm -hmm. addressing it and moving forward but I think that the other spectrum, the other part of that spectrum is people who just act like it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just as dangerous as um, going and, you know, staying obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always wonder what's an appropriate amount of time to, or what's the appropriate way to address an obstacle? Hmm. You know? Do you feel like it's only one way to address an obstacle? I guess it depends on the obstacle, you know, for example, okay. throw out something random. Um, say, for instance, you know, you're driving to work and 
your tire blows out. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Obviously, you have to get that fixed. Some yes. people might say, okay, you know, someone come pick me up and take me to work. And Some people they, will say and that. And they want to address the issue to a later time. Mm-hmm. Or you have some people who say, you know what, let me call off work today so I can get this work done, mm-hmm. which is the kind of the opposite side of it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like in the middle, it's OK, let me fix the tire and then go to work. Yeah. And so which is or, more appropriate way to deal with it? I feel like it depends on depends on the person, the person and the circumstances Okay. that um, I feel like it depends on the per- person and the circumstances because all three of them, this goes back to your statement that you made last week um, when we were talking about the journal prompt. There is no good or bad. There is just healthy or unhealthy, you know, it's depending upon the person, you know what I mean? So sometimes uh, just I'm going to deal with that later could be very unhealthy <laughs> for a person who always wants to deal with some stuff later, yeah. you know what I mean? But if it's a person that over uh, obsess about things then sometimes saying deal with it later may be healthier for mm-hmm. that particular person you know what i mean yeah. like if it's somebody who uh who um almost opposite sometimes is helpful you know what i mean if you're if you're a person that is just has to be done right now it has to be has to be has to be mm-hmm. you know what i mean then Saying, okay, take a minute, breathe. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Go take some time and come back to it. It's, the world is not going to explode if you don't do it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it almost gives you an ability to understand that things are not perfect. And things are not going to always happen the way that you want to happen and how you want them to happen. And it's okay that when things go wrong, it's it's okay. This is a part of resilience and it's a part of bouncing back and understanding that, okay, sometimes we're going to be knocked off track, but I can get back up. Mm-hmm. I can start again. And who knows? It may be even better than before. Most times it is. That's a spoiler alert, but it may be even better than before if there I get go. back up and just try again. Hmm. Good point. Good points. Yay. Yay. So journal prompt. So the journal prompt last week um, for you all was, you know, how do you handle stress? Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted you to list your good, not good, healthy, healthy and unhealthy ways as you handle stress. And it varies and between the person. And then a new strategy that you yep. plan to use this week. Um, and just kind of reflect on your experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what I did, it was kind of tough because, like I said before, I'm a type of person that gets overloaded. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be intentional about having my time. So this week, I tried a new restaurant. Did you? I tried a new restaurant, a new cuisine. Did they have vegan options? It was a vegan. Was I don't it? know if it was a vegan restaurant, but they had a lot of vegan options. Ooh, okay. Um, I want to know about Indian it now. Indian food. Ooh, I, you know what? Indian food is really good. I like Indian food. It was cool. You? So I got um, like a crispy noodle dish that was okay it was supposed to be a salad but i didn't see much lettuce in there <laughs> i had to add those. some lettuce to it but that was pretty good and then i had this thing called a samosa samosa that's like a it's like a almost like a looks like a burrito or something it's what like it? a it's like a empanada looking yes thing. that's what it is and it was filled with peas and and potatoes okay but when i when it when you ate it it tastes like taco meat that's what I noticed about it. It tastes like taco meat, even though it didn't have the consistency of like 
ground beef or something. Uh-huh. But it tasted like taco meat. And then it came with the dipping sauces. And I was like, you know what? This is cool. Mm-hmm. This is all right. Trying something I'm, new. I'm trying something new. I always say I'll try anything at least once when it comes to food. Yeah. When it comes to food, because I'm very picky. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up and everybody knows oh, don't put my. all that crap on my plate. I don't like dressing. I don't like sweet potatoes. I don't. Oh. I don't do uh, uh, greens for real. Father, can you hear me? <laughs> I need some help think today. Of, think of all the staples. Tony's in- malnourished because yes. he don't eat nothing <laughs> today. <laughs> all the staples. You don't like greens. All the black staples in holidays. I like nah. You okay? Do you do you eat macaroni and cheese? I eat baked mac and cheese, but. It, it depends because it can't. <laughs> oh I, it cannot be ashy baked mac and cheese. Y'all I don't it, kill us. Tony I, is. He, I need it to be cheesy <laughs> and consistency. I need. I consistency. can't believe you don't eat greens. I don't like sweet potato pie. I don't like pie. Period. But that's a whole other story. I'm a texture. Tony, person. I I wish I could see my face right now. I, I my mouth is open. I can't. How did I, I never do, know this about you? I don't do potato salad. I don't well, like. Okay, I give you potato salad because some people. I'm not a spaghetti person. I don't like. Spaghetti. You from St. Louis? What's going I don't on? I like spaghetti. I can do lasagna. I put this post up yesterday about casserole. <laughs> casserole hey, makes. And me I meant what I said. If someone says, you "Ain't want nothing some wrong with green bean casserole," uh, I meant what uh, I said. You know what? Go on, go on, go on. Self Love Society thirteen at, at uh, Facebook dot com and let me know what y'all think about casserole. Because uh, I don't. listen. Yep, yep. Ain't no. nothing wrong with a casserole. I do not want to And I did see. I forgot whoever it was. Whoever it was. Shout out to you, sis. Whoever you are on there, putting out the point that yeah. Lasagna is a casserole, but I can do lasagna because it's more consistent. It's still than a casserole. casserole. I, I, eh, technically, technically, it can be, but I don't put it in the same category. Okay, do you eat? Do you eat enchiladas? No. What is wrong with? See, yeah. see Mexican food, right? You don't like Mexican food. No, I like Mexican food. I was finna leave. But, but check I was this out. finna leave. I have a hard time with a bunch of flavors at one time. So that was really outside of your comfort zone going to an Indian place yes, it because was. that is a very flavorful a lot of flavor. palate. And they had, they gave me some sauce to put on this salad and I was spicy. like, eh. I don't know if it was spicy. It tasted I I don't know, but I just said, you know, I'm diving in. So I poured it all over there and I ate it and I was like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. I'm proud of you. It had too many onions in it, but <laughs> other than that. It was pretty good. The, the so what did we learn too. today, guys? We learned that Tony is a food critic. I am a huge food <laughs> critic. I'm very picky. My mom said when I was a kid, I would smell my food. And I still do that to this day. Oh, my sister do I that. I smell food. If someone if someone gives me something new, I will smell it in My sister face. smells stuff that she already knows what it smells like. Mm-hmm. Like a Dorito chip. She will smell it before she eat it. You be like, you've been eating that for... Mm. 30 plus years There's no reason For you to keep smelling it You know what it is My mom used to be So embarrassed When she would go Take over the, us Over people's houses And they, <laughs> oh, they put God. the food In front of me And I'd be like And if it didn't smell right I was not eating it <laughs> I'm still the same way To this day So, hey, so It is what it is I'm Tony Every day Oh man So don't try to Put no new so dishes be, In my face Beware if you cook For Tony yes, boy cook for Tony he I'll, already, I'll accept it I'll be kind And accept it But but don't get in No argument with him Refer to this podcast He already said He's he been doing it. this Since he was a child yes, I might toss it Charge But I will accept it Yes <laughs> Not his heart No Yeah So 
that was my experience. It was pretty good. So that was your okay. So for the journal prompt, how to handle stress, um, I wrote down. You asked us to write down um, a list of our healthy. Uh, stress coping mechanisms as well as our unhealthy ones and a new strategy so for my healthy ones I put I have an ability um, to acknowledge that I am in a stressful situation um, accept that I am in a stress stressful situation and admit that this is stressful And so uh, I feel that that is very healthy. The ability that I have that a processing ability that that is a very helpful thing, healthy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, um, a healthy thing that I do to handle stress is I exercise a lot. Um, It releases a lot of dopamine and endorphins and stuff like that, which gets the blood moving and, you know, helps me think, which is healthy in a lot of ways. Now, some unhealthy things that I do. Okay, eat, uh, eat, uh huh. Eat a whole bunch of stuff I ain't supposed to eat, like flaming hot anything. Eat, <laughs> flaming hot. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, shop, just buy stuff. Okay, just don't even need it. Just buy. That's unhealthy, and I do that. And the big one. This is the one. If anybody knows me in any capacity at all, they know that I do this. I overreact and I overthink. That is what I do. I make situations worse than what they are when I am dealing with stress. And uh, those are my unhealthy um, coping mechanisms. How do you know that you overreact? Because everyone tells me I am overreacting, and as I'm overreacting. I notice that because I, I have the ability to acknowledge, I notice that I'm overreacting, and then I start to overthink about how I've affected everyone else with my overreactions. It's a hmm. terrible, horrible cycle of mental destruction. When, are there times when other people are wrong that you're not overreacting? Yeah, there are times. You know what so I mean? How do you decipher? Um, by thinking it through, you know, by playing, by looking at the situation and being honest about the situation. You know what I mean? Like, for example, when St. Louis welcomed me with open arms with a robbery last week. It's okay now. Right, it wasn't it wasn't okay last time. <laughs> you know, but it's okay now. It's okay now. Oh, We're okay. Man. We're okay. So when that whole situation happened, you know what I mean? As I was talking to people, like you, I, you're one of the people I talked to. I talked to mm-hmm. quite a few people about what was going on with that, and everybody was saying the same thing. You were saying this. Another good guy friend of mine was saying it. All my girlfriends were saying it. It's okay. At least you didn't. At least your windows weren't broken. At least this didn't happen. At least that didn't happen. And in my mind, I was like. The hell with that. What what is y'all talking about? This is whack. I don't want to hear nothing y'all talking about. This is lame. Y'all is tripping, blah, blah, blah. And I was just over overly upset about losing a lot of podcast information yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um I it really it really broke me because I was thinking about all the time and effort that you put in. Like you guys, I'm on Four other pod. I'm on four podcasts, so it was it's mm. not. It wasn't just this podcast information that got uh, lost and stolen. It was other people's time and effort, and they have children just like Tony has children. So I think about all the people who sacrificed that time mm-hmm. and how I mishandled um, that 
And that was a lot for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But just how everybody took the information and how everybody was like, well, I'm glad that you're okay. And I'm glad that you're, you know, your car is not damaged and you're fine and blah, blah, blah. And I had to sit there and in my mind, people was underreacting. But as I had to sit there and think about it, um, a good friend of mine, shout out to uh, Demonica, Demonica Adams. She put it very clearly to me. She said, you're a creator in Kiru. Yeah. And creators, you can't steal a create anything from a creator because you can just recreate. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and when she said that to me and paired with many of other things that everybody said to me along the week, I really had to look at that situation and realize I am overreacting in this situation. Yes, it is unfortunate. Yes, I am sad that this happened, but I am putting more weight on this situation than it should be. And it is not healthy. Mm. So, but that that didn't come easy because my default is to overreact. You know oh, what I mean, wow. or overthink. You yeah. know what I mean, because I don't want to be a burden or a bother to anyone. So that's my default me mechanism. And sometimes mm. I have to take a step back and look at the situation and be honest about it, mm -hmm. and be honest about my part in it. You know what I mean. Yeah. And so, um, for that, that's my that's how I know sometimes. Sometimes it's me, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's you, sis, you know, sometimes yeah. it's me, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's others, sometimes people are gaslighting you, but mm -hmm. you, it, when you, I have the ability to um, analyze and, and identify, that is something that I have that is very healthy, to say, okay, this is what is going on, this is what it is, and this is stressful to me, you know what I mean? And if I go through all those checkpoints and everything checks out, then I say, okay, yes, this is stress that I'm dealing with. But if everything doesn't check out, okay, Sheree, okay, and Kiro, you are overreacting. Mm -hmm. That you know what you know what to, I mean? to go through that whole process of thinking. That takes an incredible amount of work. A yeah. lot of a lot of self work that. A lot of people can't do. Yeah. They can't sit and process things that way and say, okay, where did I mess up? Where did this other person mess up? Am I overreacting? Am I, or am I reacting the right way? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people can't do that. That's true. And so for you to say, like, this is a whole process that you're going through in your mind and, and, and sometimes in the midst of that situation. Yes. You know, that just speaks to your ability to, to self-reflect. Yeah. You know. I think it comes from um, and to be able to admit when you're wrong, yeah, which is hard for a lot of people to do, yeah, you know. And so it, I think that it takes a level of growth mm -hmm. and intentionality in your growth mm -hmm. to be able to do what you just said you do, yeah. And I think that um, my new strategy of of what I implemented this week. The reason me switching this strategy is probably the reason why I'm able to do that, mm -hmm. because typically I like you were just saying it, it happens as I'm in it. You yeah. know what I mean? So my new strategy um, for handling stress this week was removing myself from situations that are causing me stress. Typically, I would sit in a situation and I would try to work through it as I'm in it. You know what I mean? Almost like being in the middle of a chess match and trying to work out the moves while I'm in the middle of the match. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know what, I need to take a break. I need to adjourn and take a step back and then come back to this later. You know what I mean? That's something that I, I practice this week. Um, when things start to get a little too much for me saying, you know what, I don't have to figure this out right now. I don't have to always 
deal with it right now. Sometimes yeah. I need to step, take a step back. And even when I take that step back, that doesn't mean, okay, I took the step back, start dealing with it now. Take a step back. Watch an episode of TV. Have a drink of tea. Calm your brain down. Calm your mind down. And then when your mind is in a better place, then say, okay, now I'm going to look at this situation and see if I still see the same things that I saw when I was in it. You know what I mean? That's something that I had to... um had to even try this this week. I was in a stressful situation with, fam- you know, mm-hmm. family things going on. There's a lot of stressful things that come yeah. out with family. You know what I mean? And so, and I love my family, you know, but my family's average American family, just like everybody else. We all have our ups. We all have our downs. Mm-hmm. We have our pluses and minuses. But at, in all situations, you don't have to sit in every situation just because it's family or just because it's familiar. Ooh, you know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes you have to remove yourself. And I had to do that. I was like, you know what? I love everyone. Uh, and instead of trying to figure this out now, I'm going to remove myself and put myself in a better situation so that I can come back to this and not have made moves that I should have made yeah. because I wasn't thinking clearly. So, yeah, I- just because we're family doesn't mean we automatically have a relationship. There it is. Like, there's this thing where it's like we're always family, and so we have to be here for each other. Like, Man. sometimes your family can be trash. Oh, boy. And you can just be like, you know what? We are definitely talking about that I'm next not, relation, next I, next week. Next week? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just family where you're like, you know, we just don't mesh. We don't have the same. We're not, How we're not did equally we, yoked as family. For real? How did we even get related? Yeah. And so it's just like, you know what? I acknowledge that we're family. If I see you, I'm going to be cordial. But let's just cut it off right there. Yeah, let's just let it be where you it's going to be. Yeah. Let it be. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one there. So that's that's my journal prompt for the week. What I that did. was a journal prompt. I don't know. That I thought we was in check-ins. <laughs> that was no. That was that was the um. That was the You're just flowing. That was the recap from the journal prompt. Mm-hmm. You know, we already did check in everything. I know it just it just feel, it's it felt flowing like it nicely. Flowed all together. Now we about to step on into this topic. Yeah. So tell us about the topic today. So today's topic is about great expectations. Expectations. That's what uh, uh, when I'm watching the Undisputed with uh-huh. Shannon Sharp. He says the number one. He said the number one failure of a lot of athletes is expectations. Ish, I love when Shannon you have Sharp. Expectations. <laughs> all you can do, you can you either have to meet them or you let people down, and so it puts an insane amount of pressure on you. Yes, it does. So um, I'm gonna read the Webster Dictionary <clears throat> um, definition of the word expectations expectations is a strong belief that something will happen or be the call be the case in the future another definition is it's a belief that someone will or should achieve something and the last definition on here is one's prospect of inheritance these are your expectation definitions so now that we understand what expectations are i'll say that one more time okay i'm gonna read it again a strong belief that someone will something will happen or be the case in the future a belief that someone will or should achieve something mm. or one's prospect of inheritance okay so these are the three webster um definitions for the word expectations oh man i, I you know what expectations there i think for a time expectations were like viewed as this great thing 
Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I do not like expectations. I'm telling you. I don't like expectations. And you said a word in there that just just makes me cringe. And it's the word should. Mm-hmm. Should is a terrible word that we should just stop Let's talk using. about it. Why? Why? Because should denotes it, 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 it does not accept the current reality. Mm-hmm. The current reality is what we live in. Right. Should says that there's this other reality where things are perfect. Right. And we have to live according to that. And that's not our reality. And so if you get caught up in should, then you don't accept where you're currently at. Right. So, for example, a child should have a great relationship with their parents. Right. Right. They should. Mm-hmm. You know, parents, mom and dad, son, daughter. You know, that's a relationship that should be positive. Absolutely. But in reality, it's not always that. Not, that's very true. And so sometimes people get so stuck on should this reality that doesn't exist in their life. Mm-hmm. And it causes them great pain and stress and depression and anxiety mm-hmm. because they're like, I should we should be getting along better. Why aren't we? <laughs> baby. Like, just accept where you where are. Where do I begin? Yeah, no, we, I'm just <laughs> we are where we are and let's just uh, deal with it from that. Yeah. So so yeah, when you were reading those, I was like, man, so, you know, it's just so much to say about that. First question. What? Actually goes along with what you're saying. Is it helpful to forego expectations altogether then? Mm. Is it healthy <laughs> to forego expectations? Is it helpful? Helpful. To forego expectations altogether then? You know what? We're I just say screw it. Expectations, smack expectations. So, yes and no. I would say Explain yes right. because when you go about life with no expectations, it allows you to be flexible in what is presented to you. It allows you to say, okay, I don't expect anything here. Mm-hmm. Let's just see how it goes. Right. Whether it's a, a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, you know, maybe we're going to go walking on the trail. I don't expect to go this way, but hey, I'm just going to walk this trail and see where it brings me. Right. So there's a level of like freeness with low expectations. Right. But at the same time, I would say no, because you need to at least have your hand on the steering wheel. Mm. You can't just be like, I'm letting the, the wheel go, Lord, and I'm just going to take go. me where you take us. If you do that, then that causes disaster. Right. right? You know, and so you want to at least have some control in where you're going, but you want to be able to be free to allow yourself to go different places that mm. you may not want to go. Or okay. you may not think to go before. Because I feel like when you go into things with expectations, then the only thing you can do is either they meet them Right. Or you're let down. Mm-hmm. But when I'm open to where it goes, there's there's really no letting down. Really. So do you think that your 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 advice is based off of the avoidance of um, disappointment? You know what? Because as we learned about resilience last week, we know that sometimes life is going to present you with disappointment. I know. You know, I, I would say <laughs> for me personally, um, and it's just where I'm at right now. <laughs> Disappointments suck. Uh, it's true, but it's, Dis- it's real though. Su- there are some disappointments that can totally destroy you. So it, you know, it breaks you down to a, your bare foundation. And 
you just never want to ever feel that way again. Man. And so it causes you sometimes as a defense mechanism to say, you know what? I'm not even going to expect anything because I don't want to be disappointed. But is that healthy? I don't know. Is that healthy? Is it? I don't know. It could be healthy. It, you know what? It feels healthy. <laughs> Say it, I feel that it's based off of the person. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes on the it might be healthy for that person at What'd the time. Think? I think that expectations. I think it's a. I think it's a means to an end in certain ways. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it's like, even though there are a lot of terrible things that can come out of it, there's a lot of beautiful things that can come out of setting expectations. Also, okay. I feel that there's a difference between. Um, I I think expectations are important if you set them upon yourself. Okay. Not necessarily okay. a person's you setting them on another person or another person setting their expectation on you. Oh, but you setting yeah. expectations on yourself, I feel, can be very healthy because you can you can make a determination or a decision of what you want out of your life, and you can set some sort of expectations or standards, and mm-hmm. um and try to meet or not meet those expectations or standards and if you do or if you don't then you go through the process of dealing with it being resilient and all those things and i think it can um push you through life in a lot of ways so expectations for yourself Mm -hmm. speak more about that so um a good expectation that i have set for myself um is to um I can give you this one Okay I've set all kinds of expectations for myself Because I am an ambitious person I just Uh really am And so um, I have um, Set an expectation to um, Be Intentional about Who I choose To um, Share my space with Uh So um, What I mean by that could be uh romantically platonically um um familiar is co-worker you know what i mean um because i had a really bad issue of absorbing um all kinds of people all kinds of energy all kinds of um situations just because people expected me to you know what I mean? And um, I set an expectation upon myself to be intentional about what I put around me and what I allowed around me. Okay. So I flipped it. You know what I mean? I did, people had expectations on me. Oh, well, you know, she's a nice person, so she's got to take my crap because mm-hmm. she's nice. And I had to flip that around and said, no. I, I don't have to, I need to, ex, I expect myself to do better about filtering what I allow around me. Okay. You know what I mean? So it sounds like you have dueling expectations. You have expectation, expectations for yourself, mm-hmm. but then you have expectations that others put on you. I feel like all of us do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this world puts expectations on us, our family members, friends, you know, in a relationship, when you meet a person, people, a lot of times people start off a relationship by putting expectations on a person. Mm-hmm. They don't no, even I've tell the person. They don't even tell a person. They automatically, they say, they, 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 they write it off as standards. Oh, these are my standards. They're not your standards yeah. because you're standards your standards are for you are for you yeah. and they only involve you but your standards when you when you say these are my standards and everything on that list is 
something that you're expecting another person to do mm -hmm. no those are your list of expectations that yeah. you want this person to meet mm -hmm. in order to um, enjoy your company yeah. and that's that's not fair you know yeah. what I mean to anyone you know you what you should do is let a person be who they are and if that person vibes well with you or they uh their relationship is cohesive or symbiotic even mm -hmm. with yours then okay y'all can vibe and move forward but if not then yeah. don't try to guilt a person into altering who they are just because yeah. they may love you yeah you know because when you do that it, it doesn't last very long no. because a person feels as though they have to put on they have to be this character or it becomes very unhealthy like say yeah. for instance it's a family relationship where it's not like a friendship or or a, um or a romantic relationship that you can walk away from a lot easier familiar relationships are lifelong lifelong you know what i mean mm -hmm. and sometimes when you put expectations like i see this a lot of times with um elder members in the family they put right. expectations on the younger members of the family to behave in a certain type of way mm -hmm. to um hold majority of the relationship the responsibility of maintaining the relationship um where they may not good example of that is oh well you'll never call me well telephones work both way grandpa you could call me you too. Don't tell grandpa that. But that's the thing. <laughs> that's a black thing. Grandpa, you know what I mean? All right. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a this is a big thing. This is why I kind of wanted to talk about that this time. Uh -huh. Like that's a big thing in black families. Like there's this expectation that we behave and we carry ourselves a certain type of way. But is it healthy though? You know what I mean? Like we say we say okay, well, you the younger one. You need to keep the relationship. But yeah, at some point relationships are healthy when both people are pouring into it you know mm. what i mean and is it truly healthy if i have if i'm calling you all the time grandpa and you just mm. well i ain't talked to you in five years what well, grandpa it, it hurts it hurts grandpa because grandpa is sitting there lonely yeah but grandpa he's expecting other people to call him yes because grandpa is that pride and he's yeah. like i made it to he's grandpa care about me no more yeah but people do care about you but they just life happens yeah so if, if you're thinking about them why not just say hey let me call this person and, and say hello but that's the thing that that's that's where you switch from standards to expectations a mm. lot of times we put these lofty expectations on people and it's not fair i yeah. don't think yeah I, I can understand that i um i know that and this is kind of leading into one of my questions was just about the expectations that we project onto our children. Ooh. You know. I don't have babies, but I've seen it. Though. Yeah. You know, I know in practice. I've seen when it I'm, when I'm working, a child. When I'm working with families and working with parents of children, mm -hmm. you know, try to point out the expectations that they have set for their kids and if it's healthy. Yeah. Because sometimes parents have these expectations for their teenagers where it's like, I expect them to make sure they study all day and I make sure they get straight A's and make sure that they are A, B, and C. And it's mm -hmm. like, is how is that working? How is that working for that kid? And you have to understand yeah. that every child is different. Like yeah. me, I'm a pretty good student. Mm -hmm. I um I get A's but mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not a study all day person. Mm -hmm. I don't function well like that. If I yeah. studied all day, I would probably have C's. You yeah. know, I'm a person to where I do well when I am moving and create creative energy mm -hmm. you know yeah. what i mean when i have a lot of creative flowing energy mm -hmm. then i can um perform a lot better mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah I, I, my, my daughter is very similar to that Yay. where she is my my daughter is a very good student 
you know, she is amazing. She gets way better grades than I ever got in middle school. Shout out, little chocolate mama. We see you. And she goes to like a gifted school. And so she's excelling at that school. Uh And I always just try to make sure she understands, hey, if you didn't get an A, okay. My question is not why did you get a B or a C. My question is, do you you feel like you did your best? Mm -hmm. And if she says yes, it's okay. Well, you did your best. Let's figure out ways that maybe we can tweak some things. Yeah. To see if maybe we can do a little bit better. But I appreciate the fact you did your best. Right. You know, and if she is, hey, it's like, okay, great. Did you do your best? And then she might say, yeah, I did my best. I'm like, look what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I try to take the pressure of if she got less than an A, that means she didn't do her best. Because some people, some kids out here do their best and they get C's. And that's okay. And it's, it's, it's terrible when parents are like, they need to pull their grades up. They need to do this. They're not working hard enough and they're working their ass off. But I want people to understand mm-hmm. as we set these expectations on our children sometimes that we have to understand that grades are not the only indication mm-hmm. of um, success learning. or knowledge or um, your ability to um, excel. Um, you know, there's the pop proverb when they talk about bringing out a monkey and a, and a fish and a duck and a giraffe and a, um, elephant and a donkey and bringing them all out and then testing them on their ability to climb a tree mm. all of them are not going to be able to climb a tree monkey's gonna win for sure because mm. that's what the monkey does but everybody doesn't um climb trees well and yeah. just because they can't climb a tree doesn't mean that the elephant is useless or that the donkey is useless or that the yeah. duck is no because if it was a swimming contest mm-hmm. then the duck would win you know what right. I mean if it was a log carrying com- uh, contest the elephant would win mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like Tony was saying it's important to figure out where your child's strengths are yeah. and play on those because they need to they need to feel like they are they're, they're figuring this out too you know right. what I mean yeah. And if if they constantly are um, not achieving or excelling in the traditional uh, mm-hmm. sense, then they may start to put unhealthy um, thoughts on themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it creates a whole nother situation down the line. So yeah. in order to combat that, you know what I mean? You have to take some time out to um, help them create expectations for themselves. Yeah. And you, like, and you I think... To- I'm sorry. I think I wanted to, I wanted to highlight. I think what you do with your daughter is amazing because that is setting healthy ex helping her set in a healthy expectation for herself, mm-hmm. whether you know that you're doing that or not, but by you telling her and uh, drilling into her head, did you do your best? Then she's setting in her mind. Okay. I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. That's creating an expectation. She's, Automatically creating this expectation, I'm gonna do my best no yeah. matter what. The you know what I mean? Is not to get straight A's. Exactly. The expectation is to do your best. Exactly. Right. So and that creates a healthy expectation, which is dope, mm-hmm. and that's something that she has that she has control over with inside of herself, mm-hmm. which is dope. And yeah. so I, you and are you dope said, you for doing that. Well, thank that's you, dope. Thank you. I, I try. <laughs> you know, her mother does a good job as well. Yes, you know, one, yeah, of, it is. one of the things. Shout out to Mama Bear. Yes, like intentionality with. Like you said, something about making sure you put your children in the right place to be successful because our children have their own strengths and they have their own weaknesses. And sometimes as parents, we try to make their they try. We try to put our strengths and weaknesses onto them. Yeah. And so it's important to pay attention to your children to see what it is they like Mm -hmm. and try to fit what you're trying to teach them with what they like. Right. You know, my son and this is going through the gamut of my children today. uh, (laughs) My middle son. 
he loves cooking. He wants to be a chef. Right? He wants to cook. He wants. So when it comes to like we did math the other day and I asked him a question of, OK, what's what's nine minus seven? What did you get? And he was like six. I was like, OK. So I had to put it in a, in a ram of food. I said, OK, say, for instance, you have nine delicious chocolate chip cookies. Right. <laughs> they, I'm talking about you bite into it and the, and the chocolate just is falling all over the place. All right. And then you eat seven of them. Or maybe I eat seven, right? Because I like cookies. How many cookies you got left? He was like, two, daddy. It's like, so I had to put it in a language that he could understand because that's his strength is right. he loves food. Right? right. He loves to cook. He loves to create things. He loves to make, he loves to watch people eat something and he'll put his his thumb up. Like, is it good? Is it bad? Oh, like that's he's good. into that. And so I try to be intentional with, um, like before COVID happened, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to get him in some chef, like junior chef classes. Ooh, you know what you should get? let him watch. Have right. you ever seen a uh, master chef junior? I've seen that. I don't know if he would, he likes that kind of stuff. Where he watch you know, the little he's, kids. He's also cook. like six. So having him sit in front of a TV and oh, watch yeah. TV, but they be on there like six years old cooking. You know, know that, right? I know. So I, what I do now is I let him help me in the kitchen. Oh yeah. That'd be, you know, so I'm he, sure he, he loves, that. he loves to be in the kitchen being a, a help. The I'm sushi. Sure he be, he's my sushi. I'm chef. sure he be in your kitchen, mm-hmm. in mommy's kitchen, yep. granny's kitchen, everybody's kitchen. Yep. I had to teach him how to make <laughs> pancakes. Cause you know, that's, Pancakes are like my self care. Like it's something about <laughs> flipping them, and I don't know. It's something about it. It's just like a, it's like a little dance. <laughs> it's like I, I hear classical music as I'm making pancakes. So I don't know. I have a weird imagination. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. Okay, so next question that I have for you. Okay. Uh, do you feel nope. <laughs> pressure to make choices in your life for the betterment of? The collective group that you are part of. Mm. So, do you feel that the choices that you make in your life are a reflection or you need to make them for the betterment of the African-American race? Oh, you know what? That's an interesting question because... um, you know, we talking about, I think it was last week, we were talking about how I work in predominantly white communities. Mm-hmm. And so I feel this this thing of, let me make sure that I'm, proje- I'm presenting, you know, my authentic self so that, mm-hmm. you know, white children can see that, you know, black, ch- black people are not all the same. Mm-hmm. They can see a positive m- black male and that could take them somewhere in their life where they don't, maybe it, it goes against things that might, they might be taught or mm-hmm. goes against images they might see in television or media. Yeah. Then they can say, okay, this is what is being presented to me, but this was a real life example I had and this went against it. And so right. I don't know necessarily if I have, if I feel under pressure to be a certain way for black people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am cognizant of that though, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, I'm very self-conscious. Yeah. I'm aware of what everyone else sees. And so I think there's a, there subconsciously, I probably think about that where it's yeah. like, okay, let me make sure I'm dressing a certain type of way. Make sure that, um, in terms of the way I speak, I speak the same no matter where I'm at. Um, but let me make sure, you know, if I want to listen to some rap music, you know, listen to the new 21 Savage, uh, Metro Woman album, you know, I might pull in the work and be like, let me turn this down just a little bit, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a level of <laughs> there's a level of like cold switching the knees. Yeah, it's, it's a level of cold. <laughs> I guess it's cold switching where it it's is. like, you know what? 
I don't want to scare people. And let I me don't, put on. Yeah. Let me the turn it down Mr. a little Rogers, bit. Mr. Rogers, Tony. Yeah, but, you know, a five blocks up the street before I got there, I was boom, 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 boom. I was, it was out there. So, so yeah, I, I think there, subconsciously, there might be something there. But I try to consciously uh, just be my authentic self. Right. You know, and sometimes that may be supportive of black people. Sometimes that may be contradictory. Right. Sometimes it may be hurtful. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, uh. Either way, I just try to be my authentic self. What, you, hmm. what do you What do you do? I think. Or what do you think? I sat back and I looked at that, and I think I try to be my authentic self. But then I asked my question: How much of my? I asked myself the question: How much of my authentic self was shaped by that before I decided that I wanted to be my authentic hmm. self? Because I feel like a lot of things, just being a black woman, being okay. a independent black woman, being a opinionated independent black woman i have been very been told to be very cognizant about my mouth quote unquote mouth. or you know um because of the stereotypes there are certain stereotypes there are certain things that um that take place or whatever the case may be when in people's minds when they think about um a black woman you yeah. know what i mean mm -hmm. um there are certain things that i've always Cognizant, 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 thank go. you. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's yeah, we Sunday. We going to make it. Yeah. We going to make it. Um, there are certain things that I just have made a point to where it's like, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? I've mm -hmm. went back and forth in my head and I'm like, do I not want to do this because I don't want to do this? Or do I not want to do this because I think it's going to make me appear to be a certain way? And then, like, there's been times in my life where I tested that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, well, I've never done this before. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, let me try to give you an example. I've never been, um, you know, stereotypical uh, um, um Black girl go out party shaking, you know, just you never been to, like Megan Thee Stallion or something. Like I've, that? But I've never been that person, you okay, know what I mean? Okay. And so I tested it, and it's nothing like nothing wrong with Megan Thee Stallion. No, there's nothing friend, wrong with friend that. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yes. Everybody shout is out to Megan Thee Stallion. Shout out to Meg, <laughs> friend of the podcast. Please do not misunderstand. But you know, I've never been that girl. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I asked myself, you know, I asked myself, I'm like. Am I not that girl because I think there's a stereotype behind that girl? Or am mm -hmm. I not that girl because that's this not who not I who am? Yeah. So I tested it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to convince my friends. We're going to all, they looking at me like, girl, Sheree, you is not finna. Yes, we is finna go out, finna go out and, and twerk, huh? turn up. We going we gonna to do the thing. We going to do it. <laughs> Sound like an old woman. For real. You better go out here and do the thing, y'all. Yeah, I don't even know the right words. <laughs> Did you say, girl? Yeah, all my bad. We was all mean. It was like when you in mid-conversation with a guy, oh, so you be like, sorry. girl. <laughs> That's why you know it's a good conversation. I swear. I don't mean no disrespect. <laughs> Tony, you know. I don't mean no disrespect. Oh, but, man. So I was just like, okay, we're going to do it. We gonna, Yeah, we're going to go out. We go out. And my best friend, she know me. She just be like, whatever. All right, come on, girl. We finna go. All right, we gonna go. And she like, yeah, we gonna go. Yeah, we gonna go. <laughs> we get out. We get out. We get in place. We sitting there. She just looking at me. I'm just looking at her. She like, you wanna go, don't you? 
Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I don't even know why you even got me out doing this. I knew you weren't going to shoot. I was like, I just, to, I just needed to know for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's when I realized, no, this isn't because of... I'm not doing this because I think that I need to be a certain type of way. This just doesn't fit with who I am mm -hmm. as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it wasn't like I felt like, oh, I couldn't do this or be this person because people were going to judge me because I'm a, around a room full of my peers. You know what I mean? People who look like me, people who come from the same pedigree that I come from. So it wasn't like I was in a judgmental situation or in a mixed company situation to where I have to be... Um, the example for our entire race. You know yeah. what I mean? So I put myself in that situation that I really thought about it and I was like, no, I just really, this just really doesn't resonate with my character and who I am. Ooh. And that's fine. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it resonates with someone else's. Yeah. You know, it's just, it doesn't match with mine. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that it doesn't match with mine. But I had to test some of those things because mm -hmm. I really, in some ways, I really didn't feel like I will tell you one thing that I feel like I do. I think a little bit of it is because um, it's my personality, but I okay. think most of it is started from my expectation of trying to set a good example for black people as okay. a whole. Um, tipping. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm a big, I, I was a server um, in college. Um, I worked for IHOP and I worked the uh -huh. graveyard, sh graveyard ship. All you can eat and friends. it is trash tips. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. If y'all go to IHOP, y'all better tip them people. They make $2.13 and they got to deal with really, really drunk, belligerent people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a terrible situation. You know, most servers deal with, you know, terrible wages, but mm -hmm. IHOP is a whole nother. IHOP, Waffle House, all breakfast places. I have high respect for all waitresses at breakfast places because they have to deal with intoxicated people yeah, they gotta, they at three o'clock in the morning. You know, so um I worked at IHOP and um I I understood what it was like to be a server. So, you know, a lot of my tipping comes from that. But before I worked there I tipped very well. And I and that came from me always hearing black people don't tip mm. or black people tip like trash or whatever the case may be. And Sad to say, as when I was a server, I did see a lot of that. Yeah. I didn't. Every black person didn't tip terrible, mm -hmm. but I saw a lot of oh, they your, don't of work. Your bad tippers, yeah. The majority of them were probably Ma black. majority of them were young and black, uh -huh. and requested a lot of service yeah. and didn't tip didn't at work. all. Yeah, you know what I mean. And not only that, it it opened my mind up to all service people. In general, my hairstylist, I tip my hairstylist, I tip my nail lady, I tip. Everybody who provides me of a, a service to me because they don't have to. They don't have to. The lady ain't got to scrub my feet, but she is scrubbing my feet. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I feel like for me, I do it more so for as a, a level of respect. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I feel like uh, people in service jobs don't get the respect that they need. You know what I mean? So I think that part comes from me, but I think the initial part came from the stereotype of me, I don't want to be like all them other black people not tipping. They gonna, they think just because I'm black, they finna give me bad service because black people don't tip. Yeah, or they give you bad service and now you're in a dilemma of do I tip them more or do I, because they, they were terrible. I hate that. I hate that, Tony. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, why did you have to judge me? Why do you make this so hard on me? God, now I got to 
go through a, so Figure my, out what type of lesson I'm finna teach you So this is really for like relation, <laughs> Like not relation But like re- Restaurant situations So for me Jeez. I like to say I'm gonna tip you 15% Uh huh Now Your service Will dictate if it goes higher Yes So I, I like to do that mm-hmm. In a lot of times I never give anybody I Lower than 10% I feel bad after that Really? Yeah No I, I, I normally It depends Well I mean I always do 15%, but I like to have, and this is just me as a person, uh-huh. I like to have relationships with my waiter uh-huh. or waitress. So I'm like, I'm asking them random questions. I want to mm-hmm. know their name. I yep. want to know how their day is going. And I feel like that brings out, I, I think giving Better them positive service. energy mm-hmm. allows them to be more positive with me. Yeah. And then it makes me willing to just open up my wallet when, right. when it's over. Because like, you know what? And then I might, a lot of times I'll find waiters uh, or waitresses that, I had such a good time with that I would request their section. Yeah. I had a lot of people that requested my section when I was a, a server. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I, I can dig that for sure. Mm. And I do like to do that, too, when I see, especially if, like you are saying, I do that, too. I try to get to know my server. Like, you get to know them and you get to know their lives and what they're dealing with. Um, like, um, I only go to one nail s- salon. Mm-hmm. And I only go to one person in that nail salon. And if that person's not there, I'm coming back because mm-hmm. I've gotten to know her. You know what I mean? And I got to know her life and her family and her family back home that she takes care of and her children and all those things. And I have a relationship with that particular person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You brought so. a good point about the hairstylist. Cause I, my barber, shout out to Di in uh, St. <laughs> Charles. She might be listening. So oh, shout out shout to out, you. Shout out to, shout out to my uh, beautician too. Really? Yes. Yes. Forget, forget that. I want to shout out my beautician. Yeah, but. Jackie. I don't, I don't, I never think to. So when I tip her, it's normally because like it's a moment that I'm having. Like, you know what? Here, here's uh-huh. extra five or ten dollars yeah. or something but i never thought about like making that a regular thing i think because i only associated tipping with restaurants yeah. and i never thought about that i was like you know what maybe i should do more like because she'd be hooking me up you know she, say, and, and she get me with the straight edge man, around the beard and i'm like man you got the blade out okay. let me tell you something i my uh mine would be crisp so my thank be- you my beautician my listen my nail people my beautician People do my, my beautician also does my lashes, my person I go to for my eyebrows, all the people who take care of me, you know what I mean, like that. Mm-hmm. And they literally taking care of my body, you know what I mean? There are people out here who are doing hack and whack jobs just to next, 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 wham, bam, thank you, yeah, man, person. Like a fact, like you know what I mean? Assembly line. But when they take the time to put proper maintenance and care into you, you know what I mean? They don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It ain't they head. You know what I mean? But they but they are, you know what I mean? And they start they remember they're they're like mini counselors too. The the server is like a mini counselor, the um the beautician's like a mini counselor. Yeah. That you know, you it gives you when I sit down and I get to talk about my day and they're taking time to ask me about how I'm doing and stuff like that, that's extra on top of this service that, you know, I paid X amount of dollars to get my hair done. But what about all of the extra? They could have just sat there in silence while they were doing my hair. 
but they didn't they took the time to communicate with me to make sure that I felt okay felt okay that I was comfortable all those things that is a service on top of the the um the hairstyling being done do you feel like that's natural what like when you're working closely with someone to communicate with them I I feel I feel like it's natural because I'm a communicator, but I know some people do not. So you think that there are beauticians out there who only talk to you because they're like, okay, let me try to get a tip. No, I feel like that there are beauticians who don't talk to their clients. You think so? Yeah. I don't. This feel like that would be weird. Even if I was like a barber, like I feel like if I'm cutting somebody's head, I would be talking to them, asking them, you know, how they doing, what's up with their day. Not just because I'm a com- communicator, but I feel like. Us as humans, we have this, we have a need to connect. But it's a difference between talking to somebody and just randomly um, filling space. Like, I could just be like, how you doing? Yes, I'm doing good. Okay, you have a good day. You know what I mean? That's just filling space. But when you sit down in in your chair, like... When you sit down with me and they ask you, okay, well, um, how's X going on? You know, last time we talked, you know, you said this was going on. How did that work out? Did you ever get the job that you was trying to get? That mm-hmm. is a commun That's communication. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have hundreds of clients, but you took the time to remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's different than just saying you you got a boyfriend. Do you think he, do he like long nails? Oh, they ask you the same questions every week. He be like, "Didn't I tell you this last time?" I'm not gonna keep talking to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, not. Where you from, <laughs> girl? I didn't told you that fifteen times. Where I'm from? I'm from here. I'm just gonna start making up stuff. Right, but yeah, Arkansas. <laughs> you know, another question I have about expectations. You know, we talk about do we feel pressure. Uh, to you know in regards to our race mm-hmm. what about our religion what about religion in terms of Black. the expectations that I think that come with so like I identify as a Christian mm-hmm. right and so the expectations that come with that can sometimes be detrimental to you mm-hmm. and so into your life in terms yeah. of you know, the church says you should do A, B, and C, and then you do something opposite, and now you feel like a bad Failure. person. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like a terrible person, and yeah. so it affects your, not only just your emotionally, but it affects you spiritually. Yeah. And so, and that's dealing with others' expectations. Right. And so it's like, how do you go about in the world with whatever religion that you deal with, that you identify as, how do you move about the world in a way that you can still be your authentic self, but still be um, within the, I guess, I guess the spiritual guidelines that, you know. I think that the way to handle that is to understand that no matter what your spiritual uh, practice um, and choice is, that, um, and I could be wrong, but from my understanding, I feel that at the end of the day, the goal is to have a relationship with the divine Mm. so if you focus your attention on that and strengthening your relationship with the ultimate Mm -hmm. then it's easier to um to not be swayed by the expectations of men yeah because um we can set all kinds of expectations on each other's or thoughts and rules of what we think that it should be. But at the end of the day, your relationship with God is what matters. You know what I mean? So I feel like 
Um, I've been through that, at, you know, in religion. I've been through that where I felt like um, there are, you know, I have to do this or I have to do that. Sometimes doing things that I don't want to do because I want to stay in favor of men. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I realized in doing that was no time did I consult God. You know what I mean? I, I figured that I didn't need to because there was these guidelines that were already sitting here that I didn't need to consult God and ask them, should I be doing this? Even though I feel strongly in my heart against it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even think to. I just automatically assumed I have to do these things because this is what is expected of me mm -hmm. in order to hold this title of being in this particular religious sect or whatever the case may be. And, um, that was a hard one for me. That was yeah. a big, a big, Ooh, I won't even call it a hurdle. That was like a Mount Rushmore to climb yeah. for me, you know, and still sometimes I deal with that. You know, I go back to that. Like you were saying, we, we get over it. We go back, we get backtracked. Yeah. You know, I deal with that. Um, but I had to, I had to constantly put in my mind that, you know, my relationship is with God mm -hmm. and I need to seek him first period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he cool with it, it's nobody's business between mm -hmm. um, me and God. Well, we already got arranged. That ain't mm -hmm. got nothing to do with anyone else's expectations or opinions mm -hmm. on me. You know what I mean? Also another expectation um, when it comes to religion, in my opinion is um, being in, in, well black or african-american we are expected to be christian okay or muslim at the least anything expected else from black people or yes. expected from yes. like society both i think okay because i feel that anything outside of that they're automatically judging you first of all if they if they older than 60 or 70 years old they condemning you to hell and praying for you every now oh, they mm -hmm. going to hell straight oh save my child going on <laughs> oh lord you know uh, they all, you're automatically going you know what i mean I, you said something before about like <laughs> the instead of really focusing on what God's quote unquote representatives are telling you, yeah. you should really be focusing on your relationship with God. Yeah. You know, I, I always look at religion as like school. Like you mm -hmm. go to school and you learn, you know, you learn your core subjects, you get your electives, and you're just being taught. Religion you, or church? To my religion. Okay. And so um with religion, I feel like it's like school. But then after you graduate, you go out into the world and you apply the things you learned in school to the world, to, to your life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you fail, sometimes you don't. And I feel like that's spirituality. Yeah. Like that is, yes. that is your one-on-one -on -one relationship Application. with God yes. that, you've, that you've fostered while in school, which is religion or church. Yes. You know. So for me, I look at church as a hospital. Okay. And I feel that it is necessary for those who need it when it is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, because like, any hospital, when you have an issue or a problem or you're sick, you go to the hospital to get well. 
and there are professionals there, you know, whether it be your deacons, your mm-hmm. your pastor, your elders, the m- mothers of the church. There are professionals that can help you um, with um, knowledge or wisdom mm-hmm. to uh, guide you um, and give you their best guess, like they do in hospitals, their best guess mm-hmm. on how to resolve your situation. But just like a hospital, I feel like um, nobody's meant to live in the hospital. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to go out and walk it. Even Jesus did that. Come on now. Yeah. Like at some point, you got to go out and take the training wheels off. You yeah. know, um, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like they, what they do when you have a baby. They yeah. give you like two days and they be mm-hmm. like, all right, take the baby home and go raise all it. All right. Like, what? No, yep. I don't know how to raise this thing. What is? Oh, I need like a few what more days. This? Give me another two years yep. before y'all send me about this. Nope, hospital. nope, nope. Yeah. Time to fly. Two days out of there. And then, and that's the thing. Like even when you sit back and you look at the whole situation, and it's just like we, uh, we sit in a situation and we just feel like it's it's okay because we're sitting here. No, you're on life support and you're just sitting in this room, and the doctor's like. Any minute we need this, somebody else needs this spot more than you do. It's like the person who for, who's always in school. Yeah, they never. They it's ne- like it's like they got they can't function as without being as, in school. Because as long as you're in there, you don't have to. You don't have to go out and do the work. You don't have to do anything. Hey. You don't have to sit and say, "Well, now's the time to see if I actually learned anything mm-hmm. because I'm comfortable here." Yeah, you know what I mean. If I'm in a hospital, I go in the hospital sick and I get well, right? Yeah. Now I'm well in the hospital. Well, I feel like I'm doing real good. Yeah, you're doing mm-hmm. real good in the hospital with all the sick people. Yeah, you look real good. Yeah. You I, shouldn't be in here. Yeah. But you just stay up in there because you want to feel like you are the best person in there. Mm-hmm. But if you ain't no doctor or no nurse, you don't need to be in there. You need to go out and apply. Go out and yeah. figure out what your what your uh, mission, what your mm-hmm. goal is, how you gonna pay it forward whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing you should be doing that or you're not confident in your abilities to maintain that Mm -hmm. level of of health of health so if you stay in the hospital you know that they're only going to give you certain things and they're going to help you so it's it's like a routine yeah Yeah. but when you but that level of health like you were saying your diet and your routine Mm -hmm. that's your spiritual relationship with God once you they're giving you the training wheels of your diet and your routine while you're in there because Mm -hmm. they're putting you in certain constricting parameters but now that they're taking those training wheels off of you it's for you to keep up those parameters it's like when you're in church you, you, you got Okay, now you and that person, y'all are congregating together, and y'all are fellowshipping together, and y'all are great. But now y'all have to leave the church and actually get along with each yep, other. Yep. And you can't do that because y'all don't like each other. Yep. Or if you're in church and you go to church once a week, or you go to church twice a week, mm-hmm. a lot of people go two times a week. So on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever day it is, mm-hmm. they go and they go to Bible study, right? Ain't that yep. what they do? Bible so when you go to Bible Wednesdays. study, instead of going to Bible study, How do we both know they on Wednesday, you know, because that's normally <laughs> that's, but this is that's Bible study this day is, Wednesday. This huh? is a black life. Uh, we grew yeah. up. We grew up with this schedule. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Wednesday, long day after school. You True. going to Bible study? Oh, oh you's going. Anyway, so I don't care. You all you got time for track and football. Uh-huh. You got time for the Lord. Right, put that homework away. We don't care about education here. Bible study. <laughs> but it teach. But one thing that that you could learn from Bible study, if you're not going to Bible study, and you want to apply that to your spiritual walk, is you taking time to study mm. spiritual things. 
It's probably taking the most that hour. One. Yes, taking that hour, hour and a half, or however much time that you gave while you were going to a church to putting some effort into your own study of your own spiritual growth, and then on Sunday or for me, I grew up Saturday. Okay. On Sunday or Saturday. Sabbath day. Yeah, the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Um, you uh use that time to commune and have some reverent time with spirit or the Lord or God who It's like a reunion of God. You know what I mean? So you take instead of saying, Okay, well once a week, whatever your spiritual practice is, whatever it is that you do. If you're not going to church, you need to allocate that same amount of time in yeah. your own space to make sure that you are checking in with the divine. Mm -hmm. But the what happens is people be like, well, I don't need the church no more. And then you stop doing all the practices all together. Now your world is all upside down. Now you're crying and they got to drag you down to the altar by the time you mm -hmm. come back in there because you haven't done anything while you're away. Yeah, you haven't grown spiritually. You haven't maintained spiritually either. Mm -hmm. Even I'm if you don't grow, I, we all are. Look, Tony, I, I listen, listen, Tony, sometimes I'd be like this. Sitting in a dark corner, holding a pillow, <laughs> listening to Fred Hammond. Like Fred, do something for me. <laughs> Tears rolling down my face. Man. Help me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I but agree. but I that agree. comes from that comes from not being too busy and not maintaining. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I feel like uh But we're expected, yeah. even if you're able to do that on your own, you're still expected to show up because mm -hmm. um, I personally feel like I was convicted out of the church mm -hmm. because my lazy ass wasn't doing that. Yeah. So I felt like um, God convicted me to come out because it was time for me to be responsible for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times when I tell people that I don't go to church, their first assumption is that I'm a heathen and I'm going to burn in hell mm. and that I don't know nothing about God. That is, that it is, is so true. It is so true, Tony. I'm it, sorry. And you know, as a, as a therapist, <laughs> I work with people that come from different communities mm -hmm. and to hear the stories Ooh. of how the church failed them in terms of <sighs> ostracizing them because they chose to live their life a different way than yep. maybe the church wanted them to. Yep. And now they feel like now they, it's like they've been excommunicated and kicked out of their Absolutely. home. And it's and, crazy. Cause it's like, these all people you grew up with. Yeah. And you know what like, I mean? Wow. Like, and, and the thing is, I, and I can't speak for every single religion, but the religions that I know of, I know that the creator loves his children. And I know that there's nothing that you can do to to lose favor to lose favor because he's your it's like your father like your father is always going to love you from in most cases your parents <laughs> are always going to love you no matter what you do there are there are mothers crying in the courtroom over their child who has done something terribly wrong but mm -hmm. they're still crying because they love that child mm -hmm. and i feel like that is what god is for us but you know when people feel as though when they're when god's quote-unquote representatives come out and say God doesn't do doesn't like you for this or you're going to hell. It's just like like you're you're destroying someone's spirituality. But you know, I feel like that comes from that person not having their own spiritual relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of cases, a lot of cases, like I was telling you, it ends up being that person who's been in the hospital for a very mm -hmm. long time. But it's sometimes it's it's people who have had who have a healthy relationship with with God and and they still are 
They, there's these expectations that have been put on them and they still fall to it because well, I mean, we're not perfect, obviously. But sometimes sometimes it can come from that's all they know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like if you have the uh, elder mother in the church that's telling you, well, baby, you got to do like this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then you mm-hmm. don't do it. And then she's looking at you sideways. Everybody yeah. know what that old mother in the church, mm-hmm. that look. They just oh I didn't let everybody right. down you know that look that gets you and you just or be you like are you get seen somewhere oh, you know you, you at the casino and you you run into somebody you just wanna like, you just wanna this person saw me at the casino now listen, I'm here about it on that's Sunday. when we want to ignite them superpowers we talked about last right. week. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gonna fly away I'm just gonna uh, be like, like please uh, love yeah care bear. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, at the end of the day, it's like I feel like sometimes they may have gotten that because that was that was the way that they knew. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times a lot of things in the black community happens because that's all we know. You know what I mean? The cycle was just perpetuating just over and over and over and over. We don't know anything different. Mm -hmm. So we feel like, well, I'm going to give you what my grandmother gave me. And I know my grandmother loved me. So I'm going to give it to you because I love you. And this is the only way that I know how yeah once again stems from us saying we don't spend enough time with therapists we just don't we don't yeah the closest thing we got is the past the church that's it in the church and like i said if 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 if, if your if your if the place where you're supposed to get knowledge from doesn't teach you to expand your knowledge and to progress it then you're always going to stay stagnant yes and I think our I think that the black church is guilty of that of not and not in totality because there are some great churches out there with leaders who are doing an amazing job, you know. But I think that there are a lot of um, religious institutions where they're not teaching their 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 community their congregation to take the knowledge and apply it in the world. Yeah, so that like, okay, part we teach is you important. here. All right, take it out into the world and use it. Yeah, it's just like keep it all here. Yeah. It's like Wakanda. Ain't that, right? ain't that Malachi? Gonna, go ye therefore teach all nations. Right, look, don't Gotta me, go ye don't listen. Don't me to trying to figure yeah, out See, see, and y'all, see? y'all thought I didn't know nothing because I wasn't up in the church. Yeah. That's right, mother. Yeah, Waka- I'm still studying out here. Yeah. I'm not lost. Yeah, Wakanda tried to keep all the vibranium <laughs> and let all the other black people in the world suffer. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what Gonna keep that's on what, creating a whole bunch of killmongers yeah, out here. Yeah, right. Look at you. I'm just saying. Hey, that's I'm a word for somebody. So watch that movie tonight. I'm telling you, it's a word for somebody gonna yeah. catch it. Somebody gonna catch it one time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. So yeah. Next uh, question. Oh, we got another one. Okay. Oh yeah, we, we still got, got some questions. We got? Okay. <laughs> okay. Being black. Uh oh, being black. Do you think that you have to do more than your white, Asian, or um, Hispanic counterparts to make up for your skin color? Man, I'll be, I'll be lying if I, you know, you, we know that's been drilled in our head our whole life. Like you always you gotta, gotta work, do more. You, you gotta black. work twice as hard to that's, get just as far. That's, I, no, you this. gotta work twice as hard to get j- half as far is oh, what I learned. It, it that's what I learned. Oh, I goodness. was like, listen, they was like, you gotta work twice as hard to get half as far. Yeah, man, I. That definitely is in my head. I wonder if I've ever told my children that. I'm pretty sure I've definitely told my daughter that. Because we've definitely had more conversations about just, I mean, things we, as a parent, 
you have your job is to prepare your children for the real reality world. of the world yeah not what the world should be we talk about that word should uh-huh. i don't prepare my children for what this world should be i prepare them for the world that, that it currently exists and i tell her hey people will treat you this way people will look at you this way this is what you have to do to make sure that you continue to go forward right you know, and unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And that hurts as a parent because you want your children to be you want them to be themselves. You, you want them, them. You want them to have the same yeah, opportunities, you want them to have the same opportunities. You don't like I look at my sons and I see so many strengths in them. Mm-hmm. But I know that those strengths are going to hurt them one day because yeah. I just know the world. Yeah. And it breaks my heart to see that. Like my son, Tony, is super nice. He's super kind. He wants love he, he wants everyone to be happy. Right. <laughs> he wants everybody, you know, to like him. And I know that that's a great trait, but in this world, people will take advantage of that. Yeah, and I, and I have to deal. I have to deal with that as a father of man. I, I got to deal with that him. as an adult. <laughs> I love that about him, but it's yeah. like I know that's going to break his heart one day, and yes. I can't stop it. I can't change it, and so I have to prepare him intentionally. Treat um, teach him how to find the right people. Yeah, look for the right people so that you can be yourself. Right, you can't be yourself with everyone. Because people are not going to appreciate it the way that the people that are really for you will. Right. You know, and so, I mean, he's sick, so he doesn't quite understand that yet. But that's definitely something that I try to instill. But, you know, going back to your question of, um, like, being black and do I feel like I have to work just as hard? That definitely plays in the... that That's a, a harder. T- that's a tape that plays in my head as I'm going throughout life in everything that I do. I think it plays in mine, too. I ain't even going to friend. Yeah. This is one where I was like, yep, I'm I'm guilty of this. Have like, you had real-life examples where that... School. Played? School, okay. Definitely school. You know, school has always been a big thing. Work, you know what I mean? Any any sort of situation where I had to really in, encounter another. <laughs> I'll be nice. I'm sorry. I, I, got, I forgot that I was recording. <laughs> See, you thought this was just a regular conversation. Right, regular conversation. I got to chew in the knife. <laughs> but, um, any sorry, sort sorry of, guys. Any sort of situation <laughs> where you have to uh, be measured. Um, against people who don't come from the same background as you. It is very difficult to not activate that postulate in your mind mm-hmm. that I have to work harder. I have to give more than what everyone I can't do what Timmy is doing. I can't do what Sarah Lou is doing. Yes. I cannot do what what uh Ling is doing. I cannot do what Asmerelda is doing. I can't. Mm-hmm. I have to do what Inkiru is doing because in what Inkiru already finna get chopped off the off the block because yeah. her name is Inkiru. Yeah. That's let's start here. And yeah. before but now that I can make it past the hurdle of my name Let's let's just just the package. Now that now that my name then then got me through the door, now I have to make it past hurdle of what the package of me looks like. Yeah. What my hair, my my skin, my sh- the shape of my nose, the shape of my hips, all of that looks like. And if it is deemed professional or deemed acceptable by societal standards, now I made it past that. Now I have to go and make it past the the stereotypes of me being inferior. Mm. Without making other people feel inferior, because God forbid you can't do that neither. Yeah. Oh, you oh you think you you think you're being smart? 
Yeah. Oh, you think you you think you better than me? Oh. I don't think that I'm better than nobody. I just want to make a check. I just want to finish yeah. my schooling. Yeah. That's all I want. I don't want. I'm not trying to. You hear that in family too, man. Especially if you one of people that went off to college and oh. you come back and try to share some knowledge what you learned. Tony, I'm about to run around <laughs> your living room. Oh my God! Oh. Definitely being the per- first person to go to college oh, in my man. family. Oh, you oh can, you my! Got all smart oh, you now. think you all hasa did it? I don't. I just. I don't know what you want yeah. from me. You told me to go to school. Now I don't want to go to school. Yeah. I'm Hasa Diddy. I'm stressed. You're yeah. stressing me out. <laughs> I, I definitely, um, I know I had a, a situation when I was in, um, when I was, so when I was a school counselor, mm-hmm. uh, I had a situation with an administrator that will rename nameless yep. or remain nameless. Let's keep that. Um, but I remember, you know, her saying like some things to me, like, just kind of chastising me in a way where it was definitely not professional. Mm-hmm. But in, in my mind, I was like, okay, how do I, how do I deal with this? Do I, cause you know, we had that thing okay. where I don't want to be the angry black man. Okay. Right? Well, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Was the person skin folk? No. Okay. So they were of the, okay. They were, okay. They, they were of another, uh, ethnicity. Yes. Okay. Okay. You know, Cause I don't want to give it, I don't want to give it away. We don't want to talk about which they, ethnicity. They were another ethnicity. And here I am as a black man having to decide how do I speak up for myself without intimidating? For real. Cause and, angry black man and angry yeah, black woman, because that's even two different it's dynamics. two different things. Cause like, angry black woman is like, okay. Annoying, yeah. Angry black, angry black man, man is is prison. dangerous. Yes, it's that, like prison. That's, oh, and, my life is in danger. And so, as a counselor, a black male counselor, oh, Tony, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm, in, a, I'm in an area where it's predominantly women that of other ethnicities. Oh, and so God. to be an angry black man can you can cost you your life. Oh God, that just hurts my heart. Y'all understand? My heart is breaking right now because. Yeah, you know how you know something and you don't put it together until mm-hmm. you're in the moment. Like yeah. I understand that dynamic just by walking through it as a black woman, uh-huh. and I've always understood that it's a different struggle for a black man. But just thinking about the dynamics of what I walked through as a black woman and how I had to shift, yeah, that's a completely different shift for you. Yeah. Oh God, that's crazy. Yeah, but that's we... literally life and death. Yeah. I can't. And so when you're so in that situation, that was a very tough thing for me. I can. And so I, can. I definitely think about you. You definitely think about your skin color. Yeah. When you're in everyday situations, because there's this undertone that always exists with us. Right. You know, and and so, yeah, that definitely plays a part in how I move in terms of, you know, feeling as though I have to I have to do certain things to make sure that I'm still in line with my counterparts, right. you know, that they don't have to deal with. They don't right. have to deal with, you know, I know white men can freely speak up for themselves no matter what. You could probably curse the boss out and oh. still have your job. I can't curse the boss out. Right. You crazy? You want me to curse the and boss then out? They look, and then people look at you crazy mm-hmm. or look at you like you are, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it because I ain't got no other word to use right now. What? You'll help me with another word. Soft oh, or yeah. less than mm-hmm. because, um, you carry yourself in a cautious manner mm-hmm. or in a strategic manner. Yeah. You know what I mean? When really that's not it at all. You know what I yeah. mean? But you have a different um, 
thought process and your yeah. movement. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't even get started on, you know, we talk about, you know, police and things like that. That's a whole nother topic. We're going to have day. that. We're going to have yeah, that another but, day. You know, but yeah, we, those, those, our skin color definitely does, the expectations of our skin color yeah. definitely do affect our everyday life and how Absolutely. we maneuver, you know, and so, so yeah. Last question. Okay. Okay. Do you feel that completing your expectations, whichever they may be, that were set on to you by other people, make you equal? Uh, Any example? I think that the expectations set up set on me from like family or whatever. Yeah. Um, that I've completed. That's a tough one because it's like, like you said earlier, sometimes our goals and our standards are, they come from others expectations. Yeah. And so there are a lot of things that I've accomplished in my life that were expected of me as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so there's a fine line between, are these mines or was it theirs? Yes. But as I've completed them, it only just made me feel better as a person, not so much equal, but it just made me feel good to accomplish something, Mm -hmm. you know, to be, you know, to be one of the, few people in my family to go to college and graduate, you know, to be one of the few to get a master's degree, to, to become a professional in my field and things like that. Like that's something that I don't have too many of in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and some great people in my family, great workers that Absolutely. are doing amazing things. But, you know, in terms of where I'm at, there's not many. Right. And so it does, it doesn't make me feel equal but it doesn't make me feel better than or anything either it just makes me feel like i accomplished something in my life Mm -hmm. that i want to try to give as much as i can to other people right you know you know mainly you know i think about my kids right you know i really want them to see that oh these these are this is things that you can do not to put these expectations onto them Mm -hmm. but to say hey if you desire if you desire this you can do it yeah if you want or you can do something else yeah yeah you know, and so, so yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, I, to answer your question, I don't think that it makes me feel equal. It just makes me feel better about myself. Okay. But, you know, equal to who? That's that's probably my question is like what, when you say equal to, equal to who? Equal to? Your counterpart. My counterparts. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I remember this moment in high school where. I've always wanted to know. I always knew I wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. That was always a thing. But I remember like going to a predominantly white school and yep. everybody was like, oh, I'm going to this school. I'm going to this university. And I'm like, I'm going somewhere too. I, that p- part of me was in, was like motivated by that because like, no, they're going, I'm going to go somewhere too. I'm yep. not just going to be, oh. Community college. Yeah. Nothing wrong with community college. Actually, I sh- probably should have. You know, save me a whole lot money. of money for right. real. I mean, I did play football, so I, but I could have still went JUCO and then went somewhere else. But you know, at the time, it was like, no, I'm not going to community college or some. You're not going to stay home and work or go somewhere else. I'm going to university just like everybody else. And so, I think there was an element of that that wanted to stay, you know, in line with my counterparts. But overall, as I've gotten older. I don't think that that plays so much a part in it. I think more so is me like as a person, like wanting to do something that I want to do that I enjoy. I think um, when it comes to that, 
meet expectations that I put on myself. I've always felt excited about it because I had the same situation at the same high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine was with the counselor, actually. Do you remember our counselor? Um, I remember a, a few of them, but it was one in particular that really, really helped me. Yeah, um, I, I had one that really, really, really helped me in not in a way that they thought they was helping okay. me. Um, they, don't they, don't they, say names. I'm not. They, I'm not. <laughs> but they inversely helped me because they told me what I couldn't do. And mm. I'm if you know anything about me, that's mm-hmm. the best thing you can do for me. Right. But um, they told me that I wasn't going to be able to go to a four-year university, which I don't know why. I had decent grades. But, you know, they were... Um, it's probably because I was very... I wasn't a very go with the flow type of child. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I had a vision of what I wanted to do. And when I would question what was being presented to me, Oh, well, you should do this. Why should I do that? Why can't I do this? Oh, well you can't do that. You have to do this first to do that. Why? Why can't I just do this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And anytime that I would have a sessions with this particular counselor, I think that they was more frustrated with me than anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, Oh well, you're not gonna make it in a at a university university setting, and I'm like, are you crazy? Like, I'm perp- it, probably another reason, another push of the reason why I chose HBCU or anything mm. else. But um, but uh, I made it to a four year university on scholarship, mm. so I was just like, and only took the ACT and only took it once you know what I mean so it's just like it wasn't like I, I couldn't do it but it was just like I think the person was just pissed at me yeah. as a person they was just like I'll try this little black girl she get on my damn nerves oh, you man. know what I mean but you know people have bad days and but you understand that sometimes your bad days could be a shifting point for a person's entire existence you know what yeah. I mean yeah so um but um you know I'm to this day, I'm grateful for it because it put me on to the trajectory that I think that was best for me. And mm-hmm. so there's that. But when it comes to expectations that people have put on me that I succumb to, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've ever felt um, good about it or complete about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have uh, are accomplished. You know what I mean? I yeah. always felt like I don't know. Like, I always just felt like. Ugh. Like, you, you, you did it. It's like, okay. Yeah, it was like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. one was, um, <laughs> one was um, not having babies before, you know, married or anything like mm-hmm. that or something like that. And that's like a big one. Like, oh, we're oh, diving, we diving into some other stuff now. Man, no handle no babies and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was yeah. just like, okay. Yeah, my whole mind, razor focus. I don't have babies. That means no sex. That means no this, no that. And it's like, I sit back and I'm just like, I put way more into that than I should have. I mean, I still don't have any children. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do nothing. You didn't do much different. But hey. It worked for the most part. But at the same time, I sit back and I'm like, not that I want to have children before I get married, but it's like, I feel like my motivation wasn't, it didn't initially start for the right reasons. It started because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want to be the embarrassment. You know what I mean? Because um, 
I didn't want to be the one who fizzled out. Oh, I couldn't go to school because I got pregnant or I couldn't do this because I got pregnant. Or I couldn't. And I, the more I sit back and I think about that, I'm just like, why did I do that? You know what I mean? You know, it might necessarily be a positive thing. It's like, why did I let that happen? Why did I accept that and internalize that and let that be a whole thing? Mm -hmm. When there are people who have children every day and are kick-ass mamas and doctors Mm -hmm. and everything else, like they are, like these single mamas are, excuse my language, y'all, but they are bad ass out Mm -hmm. here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But But I just, I I put, let that expectation sit on me like I was going to be like it was the worst thing in the world if this would happen to mm-hmm. you when it's not it's yeah. really not not encouraging nobody to go out here so what you're saying is <laughs> throw that thing back I'm, as much as you can I'm not for any children <laughs> that are listening to this no I am not what I'm saying is that sometimes things happen yeah. and it's about your resilience yeah. and you shouldn't allow expectations to Spin you into a frenzy of fear. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I I believe that that happened to me. And Mm. I feel like I could have still progressed and went throughout life and went throughout. um, um, I probably still would have ended up the age I am now without children if I wasn't married, because that's something I could have wanted for myself. But it would have been for the right reasons without Mm -hmm. creating negative stereotypes in my mind that I think about other people in my mind <laughs> and I don't like that <laughs> I don't want I don't, I don't I didn't like that the more I sat back and I thought I'm like why do I think just because somebody's having a baby that their whole world is over why do I think that I think that's what our parents they believe. try to scare the hell out of us my because they did a great job she did a great she's job like, what me. you ain't gonna do is make me no uh, damn grandmama uh, my mama told at 37 me when we had the birds and the bees <laughs> talk she was like look if you if you go out there you have sex if you have a baby, you can have a baby or get an STD and whatever you want to do with your life is over. And I was like, really? My I sister ter- told me that. I was terrified. Look. My high, sister high told school. me that. My sister yeah. told me that with my nephew in her stomach. Uh, I was like. Uh. Yeah. I, so when it came to dating and stuff, I, w- I want to know parts of the sex. I want to know. <laughs> me too. Like, I, the sex, we, we I don't can, want kid. I don't kiss, want the sex. But once you start tough, it's like, nope. Not doing that. Listen. If I if I had any, any inkling that you was interested in that, I would avoid you at all costs. <laughs> I was terrified of that. Man, my mama did a great job on me. Listen, my dad was ignorant. My dad said all kinds of stuff. My dad said all kinds of stuff. He the reason why I didn't play football oh. in high school. He was like, you going to get breast cancer. He just, my dad used to just say ridiculous shit to me. And I would just believe him. I would just be like, oh. Oh, what do you goodness. mean? What do you mean? Yeah, you know, if you if you lay down with a boy, you get pregnant. If you lay next to him, he said, if uh, I lay next to a boy, I absorb each other. Huh? Just automatically, baby, <laughs> pop. <laughs> my dad was ridiculous. Like, oh my goodness! And the older you get, you be like, I I believe that I did. I yeah. did. Yeah. You know? So. That's that. That's that. Well, I mean, we've we've come to the end today. We have. So, but we know you can't. We can't leave them without yeah, some medicine. We, we, we got to give y'all the medicine for the week. Um, I like to start with the affirmations. Okay, this week's affirmations. You ready? I know you. I know you guys to get your pen. <laughs> yeah, he is digging under this couch. Um, 
cracking up. This pen is going further and further to this couch. Hold up. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to use my phone. There you go. I'm just going to use the phone. Use technology. Yes, use it. All right, go ahead. You ready? I am exceptional even with my imperfections. I am exceptional even with my imperfections. I am exceptional even with my imperfections. Okay. The second one is my my accomplishments don't define me. They highlight me. My accomplishments don't define me. They highlight me. My accomplishments don't define me. They highlight me. Okay. And lastly, I make choices that further my path in my life. I make choices that further my path in my life. I make choices that further my path in my life. Mm. I feel something with that third one. You always do. We'll see. We'll see. And those are the affirmations for this week. Those are great. Those are great. I love those. I can't wait to to dive into them this week and, 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 and feel my way through them. So along with the affirmation, we have the journal prompt for this week for all my journalists out there. Uh, so the journal prompt today is what expectations do you have for yourself? I want you to really think about the expectations that you have for you. And we, we would call those our standards, but just thinking about it, what are the ex- expectations you have for yourself and ask yourself this, are they helping or hurting you? Mm. And I want you to really sit with that, take a moment to reflect and just think about, you know, are they helping or are they hurting and um, please leave your feedback, you know, with that. We would love to get you all's feedback on your journaling prompts and, you know, even the affirmations and how they've they've affected you in your week. You know, please share. Yeah, you guys can um, find uh, find us on Facebook, Self Love Society 13 or on Instagram. And um, we will create a space for you guys to go ahead and leave your feedback and commune with one another because mm-hmm. we are better in community. Absolutely. So if there is something that you want to share or to get feedback on, feel free to do that. Uh, we're going to uh, just as we share our prompts every week and our response to the prompt the following week, we want to hear how you guys are um, um, progressing. We Absolutely. would love to hear that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, one last thing. One last thing. Go so, um, you inspired me to do this. You Uh-oh. don't even know. We, see, he only he don't, he don't know what this, he don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but last week, um, last last episode, um, Tony gave out some resources. So I figured each week we would give out different resources um, for our listeners, so um, to further their um, therapeutic journeys. So this week's resource shout out is going to go to clinicians of color. Yes. So Clinicians of Color uh, was founded on Facebook um, in 2016. It currently houses over 1,200 members. Me too. I'm a member. Including. I love that group. Including our very own right here. And um, its purpose is to help therapists of color start and grow a private practice. But we also they also provide clinic 
clinical training to help therapists of colors develop their skills and acquire knowledge and become successful in businesses. The group has become a source of tremendous support and a safe space to process life challenges. You guys can find the Clinicians of Color at www.cliniciansofcolor.org. Um, and once you go onto that website, a beautiful thing about it is you can find therapists of color from all over the United States. There are featured therapists that are on the front page, um, like Miss Denise Mraz from uh, Los, Los Angeles, California, or Miss um, Junian Juanita Davis from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she's a psychotherapist. There's um, a lot of therapists there. You can also um, find someone that is in your hometown. Um, all you have to do is enter in your location, filter out the results of what you need, such as your insurance treatment or the style that, of um, therapy that you're looking for. Um, you can check out the profile of those therapists that meet your criteria. criteria and then you can co also contact somebody within the website to be connected with somebody in your area that can help you further your process because that's what our very own Mr. Tony has instructed us to do make sure that we are not just using this as our only means of therapeutic uh, growth mm -hmm. that we need to also make sure that we are finding someone to help us work through those things as well intentionality, intentionality. that is the word of 2020 yes among other words you like the surprise? That was a good I love surprise. That. that was great. <laughs> that was great. Wow. I, I, that group is amazing. I've learned a lot myself. And, you know, I'm just excited on how, you know, how they're going to expand. Yes. They do a lot of amazing work and they provide a lot of amazing resources for uh, clinicians such as myself. And so shout out to those to those ladies who created it. Okay. Um, um, but yeah. So one more time before we go, cliniciansofcolor.org or clinicians of color on Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Check them out. Yeah. Well, we love y'all. Yeah, we love you all. We love y'all so much. Episode three. Self love society. We just love y'all, love y'all, love y'all. And we appreciate y'all coming and communing with us once again mm -hmm. and creating this fabulous session. Yes. And like we said before, you can find us on Apple and Spotify. Yes, you can. You can listen to under this. Under Self Love Society. Yes, yes, yes. And very soon, give us a mini, but we going to be, give us a mini, but we mm. going to be on Amazon too. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. Period. Hopefully we, are. we will be soon. <laughs> we will be soon. So I'm excited to see kind of where we're going. Uh, yes. This is fun. Uh, I enjoy talking to you all each week. Absolutely. Um, got a lot of good feedback so far. Yay. Um, and so just keep them coming. Keep showing up, liking and sharing our, our, our information and yes. our podcast. And we're going to hope to do more in the future. Yes. You know, hopefully get some guests. Maybe. Yes. You know, I got somebody in mind. I'm going to talk to you about that off camera. I got somebody too. Oh, I wonder if it's the same person. No. Okay. No, is, <laughs> I was shocked if you know this person. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think, you know, to bring about certain topics, I yes. think it would be good to have certain guests. On, I'm so. so, I swear you'd be reading my mind because as we were talking today, I was like, I really want to talk about this topic. However, I want this person here when we talk about this topic mm -hmm. and you just said that. Yep, Confirmation. So. Come on through. So yeah. So yeah. We're excited about what we have to bring to you all soon. So. Yes. So, yeah. And as my dog just walked up to me. He wants some TLC. He said it's, he said it's time, dad. Yeah, he's like, I need to go outside. Dad. It's he, time. He 
<laughs> so we hope you guys are enjoying your self-care Sunday and we will check you guys out next week. Same place, same time. Same bad channel. <laughs> <laughs> bye. All right, bye guys. <laughs>